Say hello, I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Saturday, June 27th, getting to the end of the month here. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage, and in some cases, start conversations. We're shooting for a different kind of enlightenment here. We kind of break the rules for Native Radio. We don't do prayers, we don't do Buffalo speeches, and we don't do spirituality shows. Uh, We take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. Uh, We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity, and we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We will take on the false narrative and provide critical thinking to all that is heaped upon us. And we do all live right here from the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk native. But first, let me remind people that our audio does stream live on our website, which is www.letstalknative.com. We stream live video of the show via Facebook Live on our Facebook group pages and share it a bunch, amongst a bunch of other pages as well. We take the audio and we put it up on SoundCloud, which puts it out as a podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms. We take the video and we put it up on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. Uh, I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and to our YouTube channel. On our YouTube channel, you'll find a bunch of other videos, not just videos of the show, um, but uh, also short-form videos that uh, Jake and I have produced. So... Again, I encourage you to subscribe and, and check all those out and share them. And by all means, share them. Um, I am the show's host and producer. I'm joined here in studio by Jake Proud, who is managing our audio and our video. Um, well, let's just get started here. Uh, it's I haven't done I haven't really been doing the, the COVID number updates necessarily each each show that I was doing um, for a while. Uh, but it's time to revisit some of those numbers. And, you know, we'll, we'll start with the big numbers, the, 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 the world numbers, the, the national numbers, the state numbers. And then I've got to have a serious conversation about what we've experienced right here on the Cattaraugus or on Seneca Nation territory. So, first off, the world hit 10 million confirmed by test cases, um, I think just today. Hit, hit 10 million. 10 million. A quarter of that 10 million are all right in the United States. All right in the United States. Actually, more than a quarter, like 26%. So not just 25, but 26% of all cases confirmed throughout the world are in the United States. Envy the world, they say, right? Envy the world. On the death rates, the um, uh, a half a million, half a million deaths have been recorded. Uh, and, you know, and that may be even a low number, but half a million deaths have been recorded. Again, more than a quarter of all those deaths in the United States, uh, 128,000 of the of that 500,000 uh, of those 500,000 dead uh, are are in the United States. Now, <laughs> Trump would, is running around boasting about how well he's handled this thing. Of course, everybody knows better, and you know he suggests that you know the United States is doing so well, and the reason numbers are so high is because they're testing so many. Let me be clear: although the number has come down. There are still over 13 countries that have tested a higher percentage of their population in the United States. I mean, so when you boast about testing 30, you know, 30 million people, well, that's great, except for you have 330 million people. And you haven't even reached 10%. You haven't even reached 10% of your population. And you're still not even doing random testing. You're, the, the only people who are being, the people who are being tested are the ones who are either sick or have been exposed to somebody who's sick. So, it, you know, there's a lot, there is room for a lot of people to still get sick. And of course, I got to remind people, just because you tested negative 
you might be among of that 30 million people who've been tested the vast majority tested negative you can get sick that next day or that same day for that matter so the entire population except for those who who have been infected who may have at least a short-term immunity everybody's still at risk so again you know trump wants to brag about how well the united states is doing but you know here's the here's the part that i i'm troubled by andrew cuomo wants to do the same thing and many people are praising andrew cuomo the numbers for the new york state four hundred and one thousand people have tested positive confirmed by test again i'm still talking about just confirmed by test i'm more than that have been infected so more than twice any other state california's got uh 200,000 but but new york state has more than california california has way more people too and they've tested as many people as uh as new york state has and, and yet uh andrew Cuomo wants to, wants wants to brag about how great they did at locking this thing down no, now look the new york numbers are lower today but they they still only three countries have more uh, have registered more infections than than New York State three countries, and one of them is one point three billion people. So, I mean, I I have a hard time heaping praise on anybody because this thing has been managed so badly. Now, and if you have any question about how badly it's being managed, <laughs> the last three days, the United States has recorded the highest number of new cases than they've had through the entire through the entire uh, pandemic they've they've been logging in over 40,000 new cases over the last 3 days and even a couple of days before that they were close to that 40,000 mark so if you're wondering what the chart looks like <laughs> the chart went up and then it kind of came down and now it's higher than it was in the beginning and and it's growing higher than it was in the beginning. Now I will say, <clears throat> the death rate seems to be lower, and, and of course, part of the reason the death rate is lower is because thirty five percent, and in some states it's high as high as like New Jersey as high as fifty percent of the people who have died of COVID nineteen were in nursing homes, a population that should have been able to be protected but wasn't. So these were deaths that just ran through nursing. And you know what? All the governors managed that poorly too, including Andrew Cuomo. He was actually forcing nursing homes to take um, patients who were tested positive back to the nursing homes and saying, you have to provide them some sort of quarantine and, uh, and isolation, even if they didn't have the ability to do it. I mean, he was mandating it from as the governor of the state of New York. I mean... So the amount of people who died was was really exacerbated by the the failure to properly take care of uh, of elderly who were in extended care facilities and, and nursing homes. Uh, it's it is really a debacle. I mean, to I mean, there are countries. The EU is considering banning anybody from traveling from the United States to to the European Union because the United States is the hotspot. And make no mistake about it, it is the hotspot. I mean, Brazil is racking up some pretty, pretty big numbers. On a couple of days, a couple of days, they had higher new case numbers, and a couple of days they had higher a higher death rate. But for the most part, the United States is is champ. You're, they're the champs. They're they're killing more of their people. They're infecting more of the people than any other country by far. 
in, in the world. And it's getting worse. So anybody who thought that this thing is, you know, is relaxing, look, the people are relaxing. And of course, that's why the, the cases are, are, are building up. But this is the reality of what's happening today. Uh, people are still bitching about not being able to go to a, watch a movie. Um, uh, they're, I mean, they're still being restrained in some places uh, from doing some of the things they want to do. Uh, but totally ignoring the, the fact that, that this pandemic is still raging on. And even though the mortality rate for the disease is coming back to probably a more realistic number because the, you're not having this over you know, abundance of infections in nursing homes, it's still killing people, folks. It's still killing folks. And, um, and we, that can't be downplayed. I mean, it really can't. And here's the other thing. More and more evidence is coming out that even if it doesn't kill you, some of the damage that this disease is doing is long-lasting. It's not something that you, you get over a week. You may um, be, go through and have the, this virus and then get through the other side of the virus and even test negative because it would have already gone through your system. But the damage that it did while it was in you is long lasting. There's all kinds of there's there's neurological damage. There's you know there's, there's blood clotting. There's there's any number. There's other types of organ damage that's being done. It's not just a respiratory thing anymore, and it, in fact, it never was just a respiratory disease. But that's the way it, it it was touted, and that's the way it was put out there. Now it is airborne, and that's how it's being you know transmitted. So wearing a mask not only protects you, but it protects others from you. Um, there's still an awful lot of people who are infected who don't know it. Um, so when I talk about the, these numbers, and all the and these numbers are coming, so you can check them out. They come from a website that I use called Worldometers, and you can go there, and they've got a specific coronavirus. They've got one for the uh, a page, uh, a dashboard for the for the entire world, and then they have a dashboard for the uh, um, uh, for the United States. So, and they they're pulling their information from Johns Hopkins and other other, other sources. So. Um, I think these numbers are fairly reliable. Having said that, the numbers are still faulty because even the United States boasting about, you know, with Trump boasting about testing 30 million people, only 10% of the population has been tested. So it isn't, there, there isn't a strong, a very good handle on what's, what the disease, how the disease is spreading and, you know, where the, the hotspots are being determined after the fact. And so there's just, a, there's just a lot that is still not being properly tracked. All this contact tracing stuff, look, you're talking about millions and 330 million people. The idea of contract, yeah, con <laughs> contact tracing, say that three times, uh, contact tracing, the idea of trying to do that in a country with a vast population and a, and a population that is pretty belligerent in what their concepts are about freedom, you know, and 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 I say that because the things that people are are willing to 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 sacrifice, so willing to sacrifice um, for nothing, <laughs> I mean for for very little in return, um, make the idea of of doing something that is good for you and for your neighbors and for your family, like wearing a mask, and that's being considered you know some infringement on freedom. And, you know, and and because people are so belligerent about it, there are some states, and actually, there's some effort on 
at the federal government in the United States to mandate uh, mask wearing. And then, then the real nuts came out, come out in, in these hearings and public meetings suggesting that, the, that it's the masks that are killing you. Like, like Donald Trump saying, well, the reason our, our numbers are so high is because the testing. It, I mean, almost implying, you know, somehow that the testing is skewing the numbers. All the testing does is tell you who who has been infected. It's not skewing the numbers. I mean, but again, he's a moron and he's the president of the United States. So congratulations once again. Um, but these are really, really concerning numbers. And, and like I said, the last three days, the last five days, actually, the, the, the U.S. numbers have been skyrocketing. Higher than they were back in you know, April and March. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it is a... It, it is a lesson in failure. It, it's, a, it's an absolute lesson in failure. And, you know, and New York State now is, is boasting about lower numbers. They only added like 800 new cases today and, and maybe that last, yesterday. But it's coming back. I mean, to even, even the New York State. I mean, I, look, I've, I drove by graduation parties today. You know, so people are just throwing caution to the wind and, and it's going to have impact. It's going to have impact. There's a lot more talk about people getting together. And, and of course, the, the crazy election season's coming, uh, coming on. So people will be gathering for those things. It's, look, it's going to get worse. And, and I've said this before, and I think it's important to, if you don't believe me, at least consider the fact or the possibility that the economic impact of all this is going to be worse going forward than it has so far. Let me say it again. For anybody who thinks... The idea that the unemployment numbers rose and uh, and the the economy essentially shut down, that the worst is behind everybody. Look, the federal government cut you all, cut you all free checks. You all got free money. Some of you actually made more money not going to work than you did going to work. To placate you, and that money train has ended. The six hundred extra dollars that people are getting is ends uh, you know this next month. And the economic fallout of just printing money and, and distributing it, and, and with the vast majority of it going to corporations, at some point, this, has, this catches up. You just can't you know, build this huge, huge deficit that doesn't stimulate the economy. Actually, you build up this huge deficit and the economy drops. So, look, this is, this is going to get worse. And, and I hate to say it, but... We're also running into hurricane season. We're we're running into um, in, into the the ty- the kind of year that natural disasters just happen. You know, in the midst of all this, I'd be remiss not to mention the fact that the, the social unrest that's happening in the United States due to you know uh, unarmed black men being killed by police, and and that continues. It didn't stop with George Floyd. In fact. Police got more aggressive after that because of, of, of their treatment of people on pro, at, at protests. And the next shoe that'll drop on that is when some of these indictments get dismissed or when some of these indictments fail to, uh, to produce a conviction. Anybody, I mean, I know there's a whole lot of people just laying in wait, just waiting to hear what, you know, how's this going to pan out? All right, you know, I, I, stopped, I stopped busting stuff, but, but my hammer's ready. I mean, this this is going to get worse before it gets better. I, I just saying, I'm just saying. All right, so 
that's the big ugly picture that the you know the rest of the world and 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 I look if you're wondering about um, the curves, the U.S. curve looks terrible, but the 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 worldwide curve, it never flattened out. It's been a constant. It's been going up the whole time. It's never stopped. I mean, South America. I mean, if you ignoring the United States, which many countries right now would love to do that, ignoring the United States. The, the other hot spots are, are Central and South America. I mean, Brazil, Chile, Peru, uh, Bolivia, Mexico. I mean, the, you look at those numbers that are coming out of these countries in South America. And, of course, you still got the, the second largest nation in the world in terms of population, India, whose numbers are, 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 are growing, you know, uh, almost as, well, not, not as fast as Brazil and the United States, but, but they're growing nonetheless. And they got a lot more, they got a huge population. They got a billion more people in the United States. So they have a lot of place for the infection to spread. But again, so does the United States. So does the United States. I mean, because if you're talking about uh, 2.8 million infections, that means that everybody else, including those who, who test, you know, who, who, who did have the disease and now are over it, Everybody can still get it. And, and there's some indication that the immunity doesn't last very long. So this could get real, real bad. And it doesn't seem to be letting up uh, with the warmer weather in spite of you know, Trump's promises that it would miraculously disappear. All right, I got, I got to bring it home a little bit. Um, and I gotta, I'm going to admit, there's been a lot of news about how um, the Diné, how, the, how Navajo territory has been doing. And and their numbers and and they're terrible. I mean, they're you know they've got more cases than um, I think you know eight or ten states. I don't know. I mean, they they've got over seven thousand confirmed cases. They they've had three hundred fifty deaths. And when you put those numbers against their population, and I mean I don't mean the total population of all enrolled members of the Navajo Nation, but the ones living in Navajo territory. Which may be between 100 and 150 thousand people. I mean, it's uh, I, I don't know exactly, but if you take that number, 350 dead, and you divide it by the the population, you come up with a number, uh, um, a mortality rate of population, a death per their population, and it's and it comes out to be about 0.3 percent. So 0.3 percent of their population. Has has died of of this of this disease. Now, 03 percent may not seem like a big number, but but it is. I mean, 03 percent of the United States. I mean, this we're talking about you know hundreds of thousands of people dying here. But you know what? That's not the number for the United States. In fact, New York State, New Jersey, they have, as far as states go. They had the highest mortality rate. And you know what their numbers come in at? About half of what the Navajo Nation, Navajo Nation has. They're coming in about 0.16%. So the Navajo have had a mortality rate, not just um, mortality rate based on those infected. I'm saying based on their overall population. They've had a mortality rate of 0.3%, almost twice what New Jersey and New York have had. And here's the part that uh, that kind of stunned me, and I got to tell you, um, you know, as much as I live here in on the the Cattaraugus territory of Seneca Nation, and and I am aware of some of the people who got sick and some of the people who died, 
I guess I just never wrapped my head fully around the numbers. But the Seneca Nation had, had 12 people die of this disease. 12. And again, that may not seem like a big number, but it is a big number for, for a small community. Because here's the thing. The population that lives on, on Cataraugus uh, and Allegheny are only about 4,000. So again, you divide 12 by 4,000, and you come up at the same numbers that the, that, at the Navajo um, death rate has been, 0.3%. So the Seneca Nation has lost people at the same rate as the Navajo. Who knew? I mean, nobody's talked about, nobody's put these numbers in this perspective. So I'm doing it. And is it bad news? Damn right it's bad news. But we need to take this stuff seriously. If you've got elderly at home, I mean, one Seneca Nation family lost three members, in, including a very respected um, elder in, in the community. Three people in one family uh, perished because of this. Now, look, I know some people have tried to downplay this. Oh, well, yeah, but some of the people who, who died were, were, you know, had underlying conditions. Yeah, well, we, we know that's been the case. And they say, yeah, but they were probably, you know, they had terminal illnesses anyway. It doesn't matter if they had terminal illnesses. If, they, if this disease caused that terminal uh, illness to be exacerbated by, uh, by a respiratory disease, then it's still a COVID death. Don't try to downplay it because somebody was, you know, on a cancer treatment or had, you know, um, was, uh, was receiving dialysis or, you know, had some sort of, you know, underlying respiratory issue. This disease is exploiting all of that stuff. So we, and I don't know about the numbers anyplace else. I really don't. I mean, I mean, Navajo's numbers have been a bit of a, of a you know, national news. But nobody's talking about other territories. And I just kind of learned, you know, learned this this week, the, the total numbers and, and kind of wrapping my head around it and saying, wait a second, these are pretty bad numbers. You know, there was an article that we just ran that I gave an interview to. And, and one of the things they were saying, well, the Seneca Nation seemed to handle it pretty good. No, they didn't. And, and I'll tell you, <laughs> the bottom line is Seneca Nation didn't do much. I mean, look, they issued, you know, I will say that Ricky Armstrong did a good job um, doing weekly updates and, and informing people. But in terms of being proactive, I mean, they, they, they kind of had a curfew. Um, they, I mean, they shut the, the casinos down and a bunch of businesses down. I, I'm not saying they didn't do anything, but, but the amount of people that were coming in from, from, out, from hot zones and the amount of traffic coming down the territory, there was no uh, effort to limit that. I mean, there was a little bit of lip service paid to it. And to the extent that Native territories have tried to do this, we've met, we've met resistance from the states. We've met resistance from the federal government. We've, I mean, Donald Trump was literally threatening the folks out in South Dakota to hold back the, the, um, the CARES Act money that was supposed to go to them if they, were, if they blocked roads. So if you take measures to protect your people, we're going we're, we're to punish you by withholding payments to you. Are you kidding me? But but that's that's the reality. And some territories did take some pretty aggressive action. Some of them by you know the the governments, but some of them like up in Tuscarora, um, the, the men got together and they said, no, we're we're going to try to limit the and you know and it's tough. I realize it's hard work, and it wasn't always the most successful. They had they had a couple of incidents, you know, accidents that took uh, took place and. 
um, in, in spite of the fact that they were trying to limit the, the traffic going through. But, but at least they initiated some effort to do so. This is not over by a long shot. And we still have very, very vulnerable populations within our territory. And not only are they, are they vulnerable populations, but our relationship, and, and I know this is going to sound you know, prejudicial perhaps, but our relationship with elders is different than some other communities. I mean, we know because of so much that has been lost because of assimilation, um, genocide, uh, you know, all of that, that some of the, the elderly in our communities are the bastions of information that to this day still has never been recorded. So when we lose an elder, we lose a, a, we lose a lot. We don't just lose a family member. We don't just lose a, commu- a community member. We lose a treasure trove of history experience and information with with and and you do you lose that with everybody that whose whose life is lost but when you factor in years 90 years old 80 years old even 70 years old that's a there's a lot of experience there and 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 some of those some of the elderly also had different relationships with their elders so they're not just talking about their experience that that what they experienced in life, but the shared experiences they got from people older than them. And so, so we lose a lot. We lose a lot when we, when we lose people in our community, and, but, but in particular elders. And we're not out of the woods, folks. We're, we're not out of this thing. It is still all around. And, you know, and it's summertime, so people are, are thinking about traveling more and, and getting out and about. I mean, like I said, graduation parties. Look, we even are, you know, have to struggle about you know what you know whether it's group worship or, or longhouse you know festivals, um, any of these things. We're we're struggling with what can we do, what what should we do, what will we do? Funerals. I mean, you have people die, and then people show up for the funerals, and then then the disease gets spread. Casinos opening up out in Oneida. One of the dealers at, at the uh, at Turning Stone Casino, or one of the Oneida casinos, infected a bunch of people. The, the Seneca Nation is just now uh, starting to ramp up opening their casinos. I think they op- open up at least one, maybe the, maybe two now. And um, it's not a question of if somebody contracts the disease at one of these casinos; it's when. And and how do you deal with that? And even if you're operating at limited capacity, which makes the profitability marginal, look, this, these are, I can't emphasize, I can't say this enough. These are troubled times, not only that we were in, and not just what we've experienced over the last three months, but going forward. You know, and, and then by the time you get to fall, the natural tendency is as we come back indoors, these diseases spread. That's why the flu season is usually in the winter. Not because the flu necessarily likes cold weather. It's just that we are, we're sharing much of the same air and the same space. The, you know, the infections we pick off off the counters. Although it, it has been pretty well established that most of the transmission of COVID-19 is coming from airborne 
Um, it, it is being breathed in. It's not as much of a contact surface issue. Look, by all means, wash your hands and you know, and 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 try to be be careful. Do the things you know hygienically to to keep yourself safe. But the biggest issue is is sharing air, sharing air, and and that's why you know trying to keep your distance and trying to limit the amount of social interaction uh, or you know any kind of interaction. I mean, if you're going to get your nails done and get tattoos. If you can't wait, I mean, if you, I, I don't understand the obsession that people have with with having this 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 level of personal contact and pampering, you know, for for hair, nails, and you know uh, that 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 people are willing to sacrifice and jeopardize their lives for. And and again, acknowledge that while you may not you you may fare well if you test positive but the people around you the elderly the your 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 parents your grandparents your great-grandparents your you know they may not and or and it's not just the elderly because a fair number of people who are in their in the prime of their life and 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 it's hard to identify who's the most vulnerable clearly people of color black people and, and, and native people are off the charts so for whatever reason whether it's you know tied to you know you know, poverty or, you know, circumstance, I don't know. But whatever the contributing factors that that, that make um, this disease more deadly to Native people and black people, it's just a reality. Don't know the cause and effect necessarily. A lot of speculation. Somewhere along the line, you got to think racism has to play a role in there somewhere. And I'm not saying that COVID-19 is racist, but, you know, healthcare you know access you know to you know to testing i mean that's something relatively new for the Seneca nation that they went two months before a test was ever made available at least two months all right hey we're at the bottom of the hour so we'll take a break and we'll come back and uh, look we're gonna get to it i also gotta revisit a conversation about racism there seems to be still a lot of confusion about the difference between who is a racist what is a racist and, and, and I'll touch on that a little bit when we come back. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. All right, thanks for coming back. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Uh, we're talking a lot about uh, what the new COVID numbers are looking like. Um, but before I get back into it, let me uh, thank my sponsors. I want to thank Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses. I want to thank Eric White and ERW Enterprises and the folks at Grand River Enterprises and Native Wholesale Supply. Those are my main sponsors. Those are the guys who, uh, who support the show on a weekly or monthly basis and enable us to do what we do. Um, but I also want to thank those of you who, on occasion, uh, put a check in the mail. And there's a few of you that do that, and you know who you are. Uh, so I appreciate it. Hey, keep it coming. <laughs> it, it, it helps us um, upgrade our equipment and do the kinds of things that we need to do to uh, to try to give a, a good product here. Uh, I also want to thank those of you who share the show, uh, listen to the show, offer your comments. Um, I put up, a, a, you know, I usually put something up on Facebook, you know, every couple of days. And and I know when I put some of these things up, I'm going to um, uh, rile some people. I know I'm going to get some feedback from some people that it, that's going to be. Um, it's not going to. It's not so much about ruffling my feathers. I'll, I will agree or disagree with what some people say, um, but we get some real racist comments, even coming from 
from people, native people, black people. I mean, some of the, the comments that I get, it's hard to believe that it's not just coming from, a, from an outright white supremacist. And I get into a conversation a lot of times about what racism is because there's a lot of confusion. Somebody, some people believe that if you don't like somebody, that you're being racist. Or if you don't like somebody because of the color of their skin, you're being racist. Well, that's not what racism is. Racism is, first off, is based on the belief that there is a distinction between races. Not just color, but there's a, a genetic distinction. And that there's a hierarchy, that there's a superior race and inferior races that trickle down from that one superior master race. That's what racism is. Racism is about the sense of superiority and it's also about power. In order to be a racist, you have to be a part of the group that is empowered through the systems embedding that racism within them. And those systems are the institutions, media, government, you know, justice departments, you know, judicial, um, all of it. I mean, um, uh, the economy and that's why racism is considered systemic because it is embedded in all of this stuff i mean if you have a disproportionate amount of people of one group white people that populate all governance all you know uh, you know uh, police departments uh you know judgeships um ceos if it's a disproportionate number of white people in those good positions and a, and a disproportionate number of, of black people or brown people or native people in prisons, in poverty, um, you know, with, with inferior health care, then that's evidence that the systems have racism embedded in it. So if you're black, brown or native, you can't actually be a racist. I know what some of you are saying. And I talked about this on the show before. And, and, and it pains me to have to go through this over and over again. But I'm going to. If you are black, brown, or native, the reason you can't be a racist is because you can't be a part of that system of power. You're not going to benefit if you're, if you're not white. Only a white person in the United States and in most of these you know um, countries that either are or have been you know european colonies the, the racists are the white people or the whiter people because they're the ones who have the power they're the ones who are sitting in in, in the the political power the governing power the the police the, the, the generals the, the the chiefs of police all of that stuff i'm not saying there's not a black person or a brown person or a native person who who achieves some position within that but but again, it's always disproportionately white in spite of what the population is. I mean, in the United States, 13% of the population of the United States is black. 13% of, uh, of the CEOs and, and the, uh, the Fortune 500 companies, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the more affluent, are 13% aren't black. The 13% of the senators aren't black. So... And more than 13% of the prison population is black. So that's what, 
it is not proportional to the population. Now, there's only two ways that's possible. Either <laughs> white people are superior, which <laughs> isn't true, or racism skews the system. It rigs the game for white people against everybody else. Now, having said that, having said that black people, brown people, and native people can't be racist, we can still be bigots. We can still be prejudiced. We can still discriminate. We can still hate people. We can still hate people for the color of skin. But you know what we can't do? We can't change the system and skew it against the people we hate or the people. And, and here's the other thing. To the extent that, that people of color, pe oppressed people, may harbor some ill will or animosity towards white people, you're never going to really hear people say, well, we are genetically superior or we are racially superior. It isn't, there may be some ill will. And, and, and you know what the real reason for most of that ill will is? Racism. The, the fact that, you know, that slavery existed, that genocide occurred, mass murders, uh, you know, uh, Tulsa riots, the, the Osage, uh, wounded knee, uh, you know, all of this stuff. That's why people distrust, dislike, or even hate the, the ruling class of white people. I'm not saying that we, that we, sh we should hate each other. I, I'm not advocating hate. But I will say, always told, never trust a white man. I'm not saying that, that I hold that, but I make sure that somebody earns my trust. I'm not going to trust somebody. I will take somebody at their word to an extent, but I'm not going to stake my life on it. So it's really important that people realize, I mean, because I, I posted a few comments and, and I had some native people that were, were saying, they were saying racist things and they were advocating white supremacy. I had one guy get into the whole discussion on, on how great white people were and how terrible native people were. And he, and he claimed to be native. And he may have been. See, we can advocate and promote and support racism and white supremacy, but you know what? We're never going to be in that. Unless you can completely white pass. Unless you're a person who's, who you may be culturally connected to, but your skin is light enough, you, you know, whether you're, you've got black family or, you know, uh, you know, brown family or native family. Unless you can completely disavow your, that, that identity, that non-white identity, then you can benefit from racism. But otherwise, you're just hoping that those racists are going to drop something off the table for you. And that's pretty pathetic. So assimilation plays a big role in how people view. And of course, of course, here's the other thing. We also can hate each other, you know, within the oppressed people. We can have native people who, who uh, don't like black people just because of the color of skin. Or, or brown people, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, Costa Ricans, Bolivians, I don't know, whatever. And that's a problem because we're getting that from the indoctrination and the assimilation that comes from white people. And they love it. Well, look, look, a white person loves to hear a native person say, oh, they support native mascots or they, they, they support Trump or they, um, you know, or they want, or they, to hear 
hear other people of color, and I know that's not necessarily a, a popular phrase these days, but um, speak out against Black Lives Matter. There was a, a Black Lives Matter rally in Pembroke, North, uh, North Carolina, uh, either yesterday or just recently anyway. And a bunch of the lum- Lumbee were just calling the, the protesters down, dropping N-words and everything else. I mean, I, I know most of the people that I know down there are Tuscarora, and they were supportive for the most part. Not all of them. I mean, look, I had a few people that just railing against the Black Lives Matter. Again, Native people saying, oh, those Black Lives Matter folks are all racist. It just shows the lack of understanding about what the words even mean. I will use the word racism and racist where it's appropriate. I don't throw it around without meaning. So when I hear somebody say, well, you know, well, black people can just be, be just as racist as white people. No, black people can be pissed for the racist treatment that they've received. But unless they all of a sudden get to wield all the power that white people have, Black people can't be racist. They can be, they can be prejudiced. They can be angry. And, and I got to tell you, I, I can't believe that people who have been treated so badly, including Native people and, and black people, why we aren't angrier. I don't know why we're not out for, for more vengeance. And I'm not saying I'm advocating. I just don't understand. I don't understand why we will fight for their, fight in their militaries. Why we'll worship in their churches. Why we will try to be like them, knowing how they treated us. We have every reason to be pissed. We have every reason to be prejudiced. Because this, the, the word prejudice means to prejudge. The reason we should prejudge is because of the treatment that we received for 500 years. There's a history there that we should base our judgment on. I'm not saying everybody's out to get us, but there's quite a few that are out to get us, or our lands, or our resources, or our women. So I, I, I don't know how to get it through some people's heads that... Racism is about superiority and it's about power. It's not just about not liking people. In fact, I'll go, I'll go one better. You can be racist and not dislike the people that you're racist towards. I got to think that there's probably some slave, you know, some slave masters who liked some of the people that they enslaved. They still were racist towards them. I mean, Thomas Jefferson had children with, his, with, with one of his slaves, at least one of his slaves. I mean, did he treat her nice? Did he like her? I don't say, th- look, I'm not saying you got to like somebody to have sex with them. <laughs> Clearly, that's you know, the definition of rape, I guess. And if you own somebody and they can't resist, if they have legally no recourse to resist, then that's called se- sex slave. But I got to think that there are some there are some really racist people, including... Uh, sports franchise owners who may love their 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 premier athletes, but they're still racist. They love them because of what they do for them. They don't really love them. They just benefit from them. But you can... I, so when somebody says, oh, I'm, I can't be racist, I got a black friend. Yeah, but for one thing, if you said you have a black friend, 
then that doesn't mean you're not racist. You can still like somebody and still be ra- and still be racist. I experienced this my life through through my life. Look, even f- friends of mine thought it was okay to 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 drop racist you know slur, racial slurs my way. Oh, yeah, it's because we're friends. We yeah, he's, he's my homie. I can you know we we can drop names like that. Well, it's funny. I'm 60 years old and I still remember some of the some of the things I was called when I was when I was 10. So, it apparently wasn't as okay as people thought thought it was. And it wasn't okay with me. Look, sometimes you stand up, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes you you grin and bear it. And unfortunately, that encourages it. It makes it okay. So, today when we stand up to some of the stuff when we stand up to mascots, it's not that it was okay. It was never okay. You thought it was okay because we weren't beating on your door telling you to change the damn name. Now we're beating on your door. Now we're knocking your statues down. Now we're telling you, you take the statues down or we're taking it down. I mean, that's... It's unfortunate that, that there's such confusion about the difference between not liking somebody and being racist. If if you're treated badly by a black person and you're native, maybe you were treated badly because you're a jerk. Not because they were being racist. Or you know what? Maybe they mistook you for being white enough to be, uh, be to be racist towards them because of their experience. And when I see what the Lumbee did, at this, you know, what a lot of these Lumbee did down uh, in, in Pembroke, North Carolina. I don't blame black people for hating on some uh, on, on, on people who are different than them. Because they're, they're being mistreated. It was one of the cops when George Floyd was killed was black. One of them was, was Asian. Just saying. Just saying. All right, hey. Uh, I, I do want to at least stroll back to the to the COVID-19 issues. I want people to realize that regardless of what the President of the United States says or the governor of the state of New York or the governor of any state, we all have it within ourselves to carry ourselves. That's, that's our way is to, we have the right responsibility and duty to carry ourselves and protect our families regardless of what politicians are saying is okay or or could be done or should be done we need to be careful and we we don't necessarily need to have mandated protocols imposed upon us we can be responsible enough to to do the do the things we need to do this is not going to go away folks we live in a dangerous time and there's still going to be major fallout from this stuff again i i I can't emphasize it enough some of the damage this disease is is doing to people is longer lasting than just the just the the virus itself it's it's it it is inflicting either permanent or semi-permanent damage to, to various parts of your body so we need to care for each other, but sometimes caring for each other means trying like hell not to expose them to something that, that could kill them. 
and I know there's I know there are people watching this and, and listening to this who are going to say, "Oh yeah, he's drinking the Kool Aid. He's buying uh, he's, he's buying into all that uh, that con- conspiracy." We all know it's five G. Jesus, I just shake my head. Regardless of how you know how bulletproof you think you are, you've got family members who aren't. We all have older people in our family that we either better stay the hell away from if we want to be careless ourselves or should take the precautions to make sure that these loved ones and these family members are not being placed in jeopardy because of our carelessness or the carelessness of others. Look, there... I got to tell you, as I'm sitting here, I'm wearing my, um, this is my most nine most wanted list uh, t-shirt. These are my grandchildren. During the last three months, I didn't get a chance to spend as much time with them. And we've eased that. But I don't need to go to Chuck E. Cheese. They're bankrupt anyway, I guess. But I don't, I don't need to go to Chuck E. Cheese. I don't need to go to the movie theater. We can do things in the closeness of our family. To be careful, to be cautious, and to protect each other. My life isn't terrible. Look, I don't go to New York any, uh, each week anymore. And, and and I'll admit, I miss not going to New York. But you know what? I don't miss sitting on a, uh, on a train for eight hours, a, a subway for two hours, and a bus for another eight hours. Knowing that that's the, the best place to catch, you know, to catch this virus. No, I, I don't. I don't anticipate going back to New York um for the rest of the year at least i'll do my show from here yes your life has to got to change but the quality of your life doesn't have to change if and i guess the issue is you better reprioritize what is quality of life because quality of life the status quo before sucked if you thought that was the highest quality your life was ever going to reach then I pity you. You can improve the quality of your life and still be more secure. Those are the measures we've got to take. That's what we have to do going forward. We've got to think more about sustainability. How do we maintain our families and our relationships You know, and, and sustain ourselves? I mean, how do we feed ourselves? How do we you know, make sure the lights are on or, or whatever? I, I realize that there's challenges here. But I'll tell you, the government's gonna keep, not going to keep writing you checks. So we better figure some of this out. And the best way to figure this out is by understanding what the relationships ha- you know, need to be and how we support each other. This is a time to come together, not necessarily physically, but from a, from a support standpoint, from a relationship standpoint. So, I mean, that, that's my thoughts. All right. A um, couple of things I wanted to get back to. We record these shows. Um, and they're available on our YouTube channel. And it is the best way to watch our program. Uh, we get a chance to yeah, clean up a little, do a few edits here and there. And they're all there. So if you go to our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV, 
not only are all the shows, including the shows I do in New York, which are a little different. I've got a co-host. I, uh, Regan DeLoggins is uh, she, she's Choctaw, and she you know she's my co-host out of New York, and she offer she brings a perspective not only as a Choctaw but as a native person living in New York City. I mean, it's it. I'm gonna say it's a great show, <laughs> and and I encourage you to check out the the show we do on WBAI. And again, it's we put it up as a YouTube video. We also do short form videos, and um, and we do intend to do some more. Uh, we were hoping to do a couple of that. We we're going to bring some people in, but COVID nineteen kind of uh, put a damper on that. So we're gonna we're gonna bang out a couple more here uh, relatively soon. But we've got a bunch of them out there, including Columbus video, Columbus in his own words. We've got one about I'm not a mascot. We've got one on Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Doctor of Discovery, um, I, um, Indian Gaming Regulatory Act. I mean, there's there's a bunch of videos that we've done that are that are shorter form videos, that, you know, five to ten minutes. So if you find it unbearable to sit through an hour long show, and I guarantee you, if you sit down and you watch our show, it'll go fast. I, mean, I know it's an hour long or fifty five minutes, whatever, but it, you'll be surprised how fast the show goes. So I encourage you to check out our shows, our catalog of shows. Uh, we've also got them listed on our website, so you can go to www.letstalknative.com. But subscribe to our YouTube channel. That is the best way to, to watch our videos. And in fact, if you go on our website, that's what you'll see the links to is both our podcasts and, to, uh, and our YouTube videos. So check them out. I look forward to your comments. Um, and to some extent, I even look forward to your, your disagreements. I mean, I, I, I have a view. I have an opinion. But it's not, I'm not necessarily saying that people have to see things my way. I just want people to understand where this perspective comes from. And that's why we do the show. So we have a conversation. So thanks for listening. And, uh, well, we'll be back here, uh, back here on Tuesday. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh. <laughs>